Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah. Really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop people who've heard me that good on 1080 the fan Ooh, different vibe coming into the show today right you know man shout out this you know turn down for what little john for making a like, thing that lasted for like four, four years, years bro yeah four years long time <laughs> the uh <laughs> so we've talked about changing the open to the show like I don't know, over two years now. Yeah, we've even let the, you know, the fans text us and tell us yeah, you know, I wrote, what I we should even, change it to. I think I've deleted it at this point. I don't remember where it was. I, I had a note on my phone, or maybe I got lost in it when I got a new phone, of songs that people had suggested. And basically, it's all, it's my fault for that not getting done because it was my responsibility when I'm here during the week. Like, hey, make a new open. And I would always forget. Always forget. And it wasn't, it was not a conscious decision. Ah, I'll do it later. Once I left here and went about my Sunday business, there was no way I was remembering on Monday to yeah. make a new open. It's tough to remember stuff after you leave. Like we have so many, we talk about it all the time. Like, what are you about to do when you leave here? Oh, you're like, oh, I'm going on a walk or I'm going to this brewery or I'm going, you know, somewhere important. Like we all have things that we're doing after this. So it's not, I don't, I don't fault you for well, not really getting it done. Then I started putting the pressure on you. I was like, please text and remind me during the week. I will make it. And then you never texted and reminded me. Why. That's how that's, I mean, cause <laughs> mind you, it's not that I dislike, you know, the open It's just, you know, it's been a while. Maybe we should change it, but I forgot. I forgot too. Well, that's, that was the song that you chose. What was it called again? Uh, ooh, I don't know, but it's by cool. RTJ run, run the jewels, run the jewels. That's right. I'll find it. But you were like, okay, go get that song. And I was like, I don't know what song that is. And then I played it. I was like, oh, I know. I think it's from the Black Panther soundtrack. Is that what it's from? I think it is. I thought I heard it from somewhere else, but I'm not 100% sure. Either way, I like the new open. I like your new drop being the songbird of the generation. My proudest moment in that open of editing was I deleted the middle two minutes of the song to get to where in the song the lady says stop and it starts the beat. I put that right after it says they call me the songbird of the generation, and then it says stop. Like I caught come, that. Come on, good job. You're not the songbird of the generation. You know, my, you have a, a real you know future in like editing or being like a DJ if you if you want to pursue that at all. <laughs> being a DJ just making stuff match up, and it sounds like you did that pretty well. So go for it. Uh, I tried, but it's not my favorite thing in the world to do. But uh, 
clearly because I forgot every single time we talked about making an open. Well, but sounds uh, good. We have a new open for hour number two as well. Now I kept two of the I, I view the iconic drops of each open. One is the car bed thing for me because I did have a car bed growing up, and I love Grandma's Boy the movie, so I wanted to leave that in there. That is an underrated Adam Sandler movie. It is. It's a really good movie. And then the other one is I left the Shannon Sharp Alien Hunter in the second hour because, I mean, come on. It's, is that Family Guy? That's American, That's American Dad. Dad. Yeah. I Not never, yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. Never got into American Dad. I'm I sorry. just felt like it was, no, I just felt like it was just other Family Guy. And it so started it was like, off worse than Family Guy and then quickly got better than Family Guy. I literally watch it every day. American Dad? Every single day. I, I never got into it. I think the first two seasons of the show were bad or rough. And then for some reason, Seth MacFarlane went super dark and gory in Family Guy. Like everything was about blood and bad things. Obviously, something was going on in his life that he was putting into the, into the cartoon. But... American Dad did not become that same guy, Seth MacFarlane. And it, the characters got better, and you got more attached to them. So, yeah, I, I, I don't would know. Say, I, I would say give it a try from season three or something. I, I feel like they're all just chasing the Simpsons. Like, I mean, they're all good shows. Can I, uh, can they'll I, never be the Simpsons. Can I admit something? No, don't don't you. Listen, listen. I know. The I know the creator of the end. Simpsons is from here. Don't you say anything blasphemous right now, Mike Lynch. I love Matt Gronig. I love Futurama. I've never been able to get into The Simpsons. I've tried it. I've tried watching it. I don't think it's bad. Rashad's leaving the studio. <laughs> You're done with me. You're dead to me, Mike I don't think it's bad, but I just never got into it. I don't like The Simpsons, bro. I, I couldn't tell you really anything about The Simpsons because I have really never got into The Simpsons myself. Jesse, you don't like stuff. Like, you don't like music. I just told like, you I watch beer, American Dad every you know, day. Oh, but I don't watch The Simpsons very often. You guys are blowing my mind right now. Like, American is this Dad a joke? and The Simpsons. Like, just because American Dad is a, a, a cartoon doesn't mean it's trying to be The Simpsons. That there could be other cartoons. How many adults now, the Simpsons like was, cartoons, too? The Simpsons was the pioneer. We will give it, was. it that. It was yes. the. It was the pioneer, quote-unquote, adult cartoon. Absolutely. Uh, that had references and cutaways and all that kind of stuff. And it and it did allow a space for Seth MacFarlane to make Family Guy, which I think got probably at, for its time just as popular as The Simpsons did. No, I think that's incredibly popular. I don't – I tried. I actually recently – because on my Comcast On Demand, because The Simpsons is on FXX, mm -hmm. every season ever is on, on demand. Mm -hmm. And I tried watching it. And I didn't dislike it, but I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't. I just I didn't get into no, it. No. So uh, a full disclosure, like I've watched The Simpsons up until like I want to say like maybe 2007, and that's kind of where I stopped, you know, really watching TV like that altogether. However, man, The Simpsons really gave leeway to a bunch of other, like you said, adult themed cartoons. Man, anything that was on Nickelodeon, remember Ren and Stimpy, you know, was an adult theme cartoon that was out. Uh, I'm trying to think of what was Futurama. Yeah, was you mentioned some of those things, huh? Brandon Stimpy was. A it weird was not one. originally on Nickelodeon, or I think it was. I think it might have been on MTV or something like that. Look, but. I'm going to tell you as a I as a five year old person child. I watched Ren and Stimpy. It was not. I for, should not have watched for, Ren not and for children. But it was on at like 7:30 in the morning on Saturdays on Nickelodeon. So guess who was watching that? This guy was followed by Doug. 
So I'm like, oh, look. And then Rocco's Modern Life. And I was like, hey, these are kids' cartoons. Let's watch Ren and Stimpy. Doug and is, I did. Doug is an underrated cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, he's underrated. He, I think Doug's one of the most revered cartoons. I don't want when people talk about the best, like Nicktoons, especially. I mean, I know we're going to nerd out just for a second. When they talk about Nicktoons, I think Doug is one of those ones that they kind of not forget about, but just kind of like, oh, well, and then there was Doug. You know, people tend to flock to, uh, I know a lot of people that love Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Great was show. Great. Great. Again, a lot of adult themes in Hey Arnold. You ever notice Grandpa's head is a wang? Yep. Didn't you notice know, that. Old, you know what I'm saying? Did you ever notice that every single one of those cartoons when we were growing up had adult jokes and things to keep the parents interested? Have you tried watching Nickelodeon recently? Well, you have a son. Maybe you have. I have. It's not funny for adults anymore. They've completely stripped away that, at least from what I've seen, that kind of secondary humor that, that the parents can like. Yeah, you know, I think the last like good show might have been SpongeBob. Yeah, but that's that's over now. So it's over now. Yeah, I think they they stopped making SpongeBob a little bit ago. Oh, because the guy died, the creator of it. Is that what happened? Well, he did. He did pass away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, R.I.P. Thank you for SpongeBob. SpongeBob was awesome. SpongeBob at first, was too. great, but, but all the none of these things happen without the Simpsons. Like it, it's important that we say that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not include the Nickelodeon cartoons in the Simpsons thing. Well, I mean, it, there's a difference between The Simpsons and then like I'll, I'll I mean, I'll, I'll at least Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Ren and Stimpy was the one that I will say because that's not a Nicktoon, you know. But everything else, absolutely. Rugrats was great. The as was Doug and Our Real Monsters was good. Mm. I'm a cat dog fan. Our Real Monsters. Now that's yeah. one that no one talks about. Yeah, that's I'm, one that's underrated. I'm a big Rocco's Modern Life. I'm a I'm a cartoon nerd. Captain Planet was was the G though. Yeah, and then Ed, Ed, and Eddie, if you want to go Cartoon Network. That was my favorite on that channel. I didn't watch a lot of Cartoon Network, but uh, that was what I went to when I did. Yeah, so. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think The Simpsons, like, made it okay to say certain things as a cartoon, especially uh, Tracy Allman. It came from, you know, HBO, Tracy Allman show and stuff like that. So they said just, just make this a, a real thing, and what do you know? I'm assuming you have, but if you haven't, and for the listeners out there, there's a video floating around and I believe it is a Barstool sports video, but it might be something else. It might be a Barstool video based on another video that I saw about all the things in The Simpsons that turned out to be true in the future. Mm -hmm. Almost to a T. I think the one that was the most notable for me was there was one with Trump winning the presidency, and there's a, a kid holding a sign beyond the railing. going down. He's going down an ele- or escalator, and the sign drops while he's waving. And in real life... After he won the presidency, the exact same thing happened. Going down an escalator, waving, and then the kid, there's a kid, and he drops the sign. And it's like, all right, Mac, yeah. are you a time traveler or something? I, I think on? he even had the example. right year in that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was just eerily like predictable, like Nostradamus type. But there, it's, that's just one example. There's a ton of examples in the video of things that were basically to a T correct, but he made them in the 90s or thousands. Like yeah, he's a, he's a genius. He's a genius. He's the Maybe first he's a time traveler. First person to have a uh, someone smoke weed on a cartoon. Homer Simpson got high. If he's episode, a time traveler, crazy. does that mean Futurama shows us what our future's like? Ooh. I don't know. The chick with the one Ooh. eye is pretty hot, though. So if, I never thought about that. If one-eyed girls look like her, then that. I think I'll be okay. Maybe Fry is Matt Gronick. Maybe he got put into a freezer when delivering a pizza. <laughs> To wow. icy wiener. Mind blown. <laughs> wow. Okay. How about that? Hadn't How thought about, about that? that. Good job, Jesse. Wow. 
Wow. I, 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 yeah. My whole world just changed. Matt Groening, if you're listening, I know you're, you know, from the area, you know, if you're I, listening. I, I don't know. Does he still live here? Probably not. He probably lives in Los Angeles. But if he's right? listening or if he has a friend that's listening, let us know if that, if, we, if we're on the right track here with that with that theory. You are fry, and you were frozen in some stasis when delivering a pizza because a tiny little alien who poops mercury, or not mercury, um, black dark matter, that's what I'm thinking of, pushed you in to save the world. Let us know if that's real. <laughs> we'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here. Probably going a lot slower than you are because you're in the future. Anyway, all right, so let's get to some sports on the show today. We do want to talk about the Ducks loss to Virginia in the Sweet 16 on Thursday, as well as the NCAA tournament at large. We had an amazing game yesterday, amazing game between Virginia and Purdue, two days after an amazing game between Purdue and Tennessee. So we've had some really, really good tournament games at this point, which is nice. There hasn't been a lot of Cinderella's, which has allowed us to have some of these good games, I think. So we'll talk about that. Blazers lost Nurk since we last spoke. I don't want to spend too much time on the injury or what it means because, well, it's been a whole week of people talking about it. But uh, there was an article that Rashad saw about whether or not the Blazers could win a first-round series without Nurk, and I think the answer is pretty simple to that. So we'll get, get to that. Plus, Rashad is sick of the NFL draft coverage. Hate it or love it in the 10 o'clock hour. And don't forget another new open in the top of the second hour. So that's all to come here on Sports Sunday. Better you today text line 55305. Text us. Let us know what you're thinking about the various stuff. And uh, we'll get to it on the air as well. That's next. Or Ducks are next here on Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Text from one of our P1s here. Gronig, better than Stone and Parker. That's South Park. Better than McFarlane, which is family guy, American dad, etc. Um, I don't know. They're all, I think they're all kind of equal in my mind. I don't want to pick one over the other because I love shows from all of them. Well, I love Futurama. I love Futurama. I love South Park, and I love, or I, I did love Family Guy, and I do like American Dad a lot. So to me, I like shows from all of them. I'm not here. I don't want to rank them. South Park was really that show that showed everything that okay, well, let's 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 take it up a notch. They're still taking it up a notch every yeah, single day. I love it. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't want to rank them. I'm assuming you're going to rank Groening first because you're a Simpsons guy. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's interesting though. It, it, I feel like a lot of people kind of poo-poo on the cartoon talk sometimes but it's like that's people watch that stuff it's part of our culture still yeah so absolutely probably watch some this afternoon we'll see (laughs) maybe i'm 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 still binging game of thrones so probably not that i'm i'm into season five now i've uh i've gotten through the type of patience 40 episodes and i've got 27 to go until april like 20th when the first or first episode of the last season drops. sounds terrible it's great okay it's a great show Cool. Really easy to binge because the episode's done and you're like, yep, next one. Cool. Let's go. Have you not watched Game of Thrones? I've seen the first season. It's okay. It's nice. It's cool. It's cool. It's a good good little show. And you stopped? <sighs> wasn't interested. Wow. Much like College Hoop, just wasn't interested. Well, we're going to talk College Hoop. Blasphemy! <laughs> Leaving the room right now! <laughs> hey, man. How could you? Um, I mean, we're going to talk College Basketball. Are you sure you want to talk College Basketball with that kind of thing? I mean, why not? I'll tell them how I really feel. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Oregon on Thursday in the Sweet 16 
loses to number one seed Virginia 53 to 49. It was a very close game. It was a very ugly game, if we're going to be honest. And uh, it was entertaining because of how close it was. But boy, oh boy, did the defenses make the story of that game sing because they were really, really good as expected. And we don't need to break down the game too much. Both teams took a boatload of threes because it was really hard to get inside. Uh, Both teams hit nine threes. The difference, I mean, there really wasn't much of a difference outside of just at the very end of the game, Oregon got cold in the last, Oregon didn't score a field goal in the last six minutes of the game. And it wasn't necessarily because of Virginia's great defense. They missed a lot of open shots. They just were cold. They went cold at the wrong time. They were hitting shots early. They went in a nice run. They were down by eight at halftime and they were down by 10 at one point. I believe early in the second half, they went on a run, got back in the game, but they went cold at the wrong time. And that's really the, the only difference between those two teams in that game. I guess I want to spread it beyond that and ask the broader question. Do you view Oregon's run in the NCAA tournament as a way to make up for the failure of the Pac-12 this year as a conference? I, I think it's a great consolation prize. Absolutely. Like, you're looking at a team who most people thought were were down and out, you know, before the whole eight-game win streak. Even during the eight-game win streak, most people said that, well... Ten-game win streak at the end. Ten, yeah, towards the uh, end, ten-game win streak. But during that streak, I think a lot of people still towards the end of the season were like, yeah, they're we don't expect much from from the Ducks. They're not going to make the tournament. And then, you know, what do you know? They, they go ahead and... <laughs> and win the Pac-12 tournament and then, you know, get ready to move into a position to where you're going to the tournament. One thing I said last week is if you make it to one of the, you know, one of the, the rounds that has a nickname, you make it to the Sweet 16, you make it to the Elite Eight, you make it to the Final Four, that does wonders for your program. So of 100 and I think it's 19, maybe 20-something Division One teams, 16 of them. Oh, it's way more than that. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, the ones that... Yeah, really? In Division One, there's like 360 teams. In, in basketball. Jeez, man, things have changed a little bit. Okay, so 300-some-odd, <laughs> you know, Division One basketball teams. But let's just talk about the ones, the, 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 the major ones, you know, the major schools. So that's more closer to 116 or something like that, right? I know that number can't be just completely wrong for no That's reason. the college football number. College football Division One is 115 or so or 120 or so. Okay, very good. Look at my dropping bombs, dropping jewels, man. I love it. So – of all those teams, man, you mean to tell me you're – if it is 300-whatever, man, 16, you made it to a round of 16, you're one of the 16 – regardless of what they say, for that year, you're one of the 16 best teams in the country, and that's without Bowl Bowl. That's with a huge uh, – with a lot of losing in the middle of the season. That comes with a big win streak towards the end. And you got a Pac-12 – we got we to gotta, – I forget that. They got a Pac-12 tournament championship out of it. Like, they they won. And so, yes, this does wonders for your... I don't think they make the tournament if they don't win that. Too. No, they definitely don't make the tournament, but they did. So, I mean, what can you say? At the end of the year, they're not, there's not going to be probably a record on the Pac-12 tournament uh, championship banner. There's, it's just going to say Champions 2019. And they got that. And they got a tri- trip to the Sweet 16. I think this season, for everything that they've gone through, you can shake your head and say, okay, and they played a great team. They played a great team in Virginia that's really trying to redeem themselves like virginia's the one seat that lost last year to the 16 correct correct so of course like 20 you, points to you so so you're looking at a team that's really trying to redeem themselves and then they came within four points of beating this team like this you got to look at this season and look at what they've done up and down and say okay great job i mean knowing that you're probably not going to get some of these guys back next year man you look at that and say man good season well i, I think the 
Dana Altman has a, a lot of ammunition to go into recruits living rooms and say, look over my past four seasons. W one year they didn't make, make the tournament outside of that. The track record is phenomenal. For itself. Two, uh, two seasons ago, you had three players off the same team going in the NBA. That's, that's big time program numbers right there. You don't get small programs get three NBA players off the same team in the same year. Although only one of them is hanging around at this point. Granted, but I mean, th the fact is that three were drafted. Three players off the same team were drafted in the NBA. How many happen? Like what, sixty a year? So that's impressive in itself. Look, the fact that you can go in and say, "Do you want me to get the best out of your game?" Because I can do that. Look. Look at the track record. You can go to this year. Look at what we were at the middle of the season. Look at what we were at the end of the season. That was the best two defenses in the nation in that game. Except the, for maybe Texas Tech. That was – well, Texas Tech did to Michigan. We, we don't need to talk about that. was hilarious. Mm -hmm. They really, really stopped. That was the lowest point total ever for an NCAA tournament game and the lowest at halftime. 16 points Michigan scored in the half. But, yeah, two of the best teams in defense, 100%. I agree with what you're saying. And if you look this year, Bull Bull, granted he was going to go no matter what, he's going to the NBA draft. If Lou King declares, he might go in the NBA draft, although I don't think he should quite yet. I haven't seen him on a lot of the project, uh, projection lists, so I'm wondering if maybe he would be a second rounder this year if he went. Similar to what uh, Troy Brown Jr. did last year where he went probably a year too early and uh, is not necessarily getting the benefit of the doubt for that. I, I agree. Dana Altman does have a lot of ammunition for recruiting rooms at this point because on a year where you thought this team was the worst it's been in a long time, after a game where they gave up 62 points and a half, think about this. Think about how good Oregon's defense was in that 10-game winning streak. And think about the game before the 10-game winning streak. They gave up, I think it was 14 more points in a half and they gave up on average every game in the win streak in a half, and they lost. They were up big to UCLA. Giving up 62 points in a half doesn't mean you're going to win that game. Since that point, whatever Dana Altman said to the team or whatever they did to rally around each other, they showed resilience to say, look, that was the worst loss we've had in a long time. UCLA sucks. That was embarrassing. And they 100% turned it around. And it's kind of... Maybe we'll do this around off uh, on the other end of the break here, but I'm very curious what we view this Oregon team as now. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's different because a lot of people will argue the first good team Oregon played since that loss to UCLA was Virginia. So does that change the way you feel about this team or did they overachieve? Let's do that after the break. First, Jesse S. Sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Text on the text line. Better you today. Text line 55305. It is a good point. It came down to Wooten a little bit. And that's true. Wooten got completely smothered in that game against Virginia. He had been such an important facet to the Ducks winning streak with defense and energy and the alley-oops and the block shots, and Wooten was completely 
mitigated two points, one block, only took two shots. One of them, the one that he scored was an alley-oop. It was only one. They basically followed him around the court or at least kept an eye on him around the court so he couldn't get behind the defense. And frankly, and this I think was a negative to Virginia's game plan, but they had to do it because of the inside defense of the Ducks. They shot 33 threes. And they weren't shooting the ball well, but they just couldn't get inside, so Wooten didn't have a lot of chances to get a block. And I think that's just the key is they basically just went, this is the X factor who's been winning them all these games is Kenny Wooten, even if the stats don't show it, that we're just not even going to deal with it. We're going to follow him around that offense, and we're going to not even go near him on defense. And, I mean, it almost cost them the game because they barely won, but they won, so the strategy worked. I mean, if you're Coach Bennett, great job because – that's exactly what you needed to do. Uh, Wooten has really been uh, the star for the Ducks. You know, even though he hasn't scored the ball a whole, whole bunch, you know, you expect him to score more than he than two points, you know. But defensively, that's why he's in the game, is to come in there and really make uh, make things difficult for people that are driving, whether you're just uh, not just blocking shots but changing shots. If you can make someone do an ugly up and under as opposed to just a regular layup, man, that's, that's a great defense. And not having that – uh, it definitely hurt, but yet and still, it's it's still hard for me to look at Wooten. Mind you, if he had played better, then you you probably win that game. You know, that's just kind of what it is. If if Peyton Pritchard, you know, doesn't go three for twelve, you probably win that game. You know, there's just if if Amin is it doesn't go you know two for five from three, then things probably shake your way and you don't you don't lose by by four. So it's hard to really look at one thing and say what went wrong. I think they just played a, a better team, a team that was prepared. And when it came down to it, Virginia was able to make shots in the end. You know, they were able to, to, to make plays and get to the line at the end, and the Ducks weren't. So my question before the break was, Virginia was the first good team Oregon played in their winning streak. I think I've, I've seen that argument by a lot of people. Here's who they beat in their winning streak, and you can argue if you'd like. Arizona State twice Washington twice Washington State twice Arizona Utah Wisconsin UC Irvine and then they played Virginia so you could argue Wisconsin right five seed in the tournament you were not even really an underdog I think a one-point underdog in that game but Wisconsin was a team that many going into the tournament said yeah that's a team ripe to get knocked off in the first round they terrible free throw shooting team they had been cold at the end of the big 10 season they just weren't playing their best basketball so although it was a close game at halftime the ducks ran away with that one right Mm -hmm. uc irvine a 13 seed a team that was on a massive winning streak of their own but plays in a big west conference that is really bad really really bad this is and they they were able to win a game against kansas state who didn't have their best player barely they won that game too by the way so you could kind of throw that out too and say, well, I mean, they even if they played Kansas State, they don't have their best player. You're kind of getting a lucky draw. Then you play Virginia and you lose. So first of all, do you agree with that take? It's not. I'm not saying it's mine. I'm just saying I've heard that from a lot of people that they just didn't play anyone until they played Virginia. So this was their first real test of are they actually good enough? I mean, probably. It's 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 not unfair to say the Pac-12 wasn't great this year. Um, Washington made the tournament. Washington made the tournament. Um, Wisconsin is was supposed to be a a better team uh, than Oregon, but who but who knows? But I mean, yeah, UC Irvine, 
nobody really expected, at least I didn't expect them to lose to UC Irvine, but it's the tournament and anything can happen. So, yeah, this is really their, this was their first big test. You know, all, I'm not going to say all year, but uh, since they lost Bowl, this is the first team that they really played that's one of the teams that's picked to win the whole thing. Like, Virginia's a one seed. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not one of the, you know, four or five seeds that's kind of make it all the way there, and it's, they're a great story, and they could win. No, people expect Virginia to win, which is why they're a one seed. You know, the, so they should have won this game against Oregon in a lot of people's eyes against a 12 seed. So, yeah, I think I think some of that is true. But uh, if if that's what it is and that's the game that you came down uh, came up with, if you're Oregon, I'm okay with that. That just lets me know that I'm one or two plays away from this going a, a completely different way. And, again, I'm going to keep taking devil's advocate stance here for a second. I would also say people who are arguing that could say that Virginia has Antony Bennett has a history of losing to teams he shouldn't to in the tournament. Look at last year. Virginia tends to be good these last few years, but they never go that far in the tournament. Now they're in the Final Four, so he's finally done it this year as they beat uh, Purdue yesterday in that really good game. But you could also argue that, well, I mean, Virginia, although they played a close game against the ones he Virginia was right for the picking. Virginia was a team that barely or was down by 10 at halftime to another 16 seed and was down in their second game by 10 and was able to come back and win that game. So you could argue that maybe they weren't exactly the best team, and Oregon, with how hot they they were and how many wins they had had in a row, could have won that game as well. Now, I actually think I'm going to – I'm just that's what I've heard from a lot of people before going into that Virginia game. I don't feel that way. I think Virginia's the best team or maybe the second best team in the country. I think a lot of people are overrating how good they were this year just because they lost in the tournament to a 16 seed last year. They are very, very talented. They have the best defense in the country. I think number one or number two defense on the Ken Palm site. And they had one of the top five or six offenses in the country on the Ken Palm site because they can actually shoot the three ball. Now their best three-point shooter has been pretty cold this tournament, Kyle Guy, but they can. And I think Washington, because they made the tournament and won a game, those were two good wins for the Ducks. They blew out Washington twice. Two good wins for the Ducks. Arizona State, take it or leave it, they were a play-in game. They didn't win in the play-in game. But it's not like they just crushed Washington state 10 times and made it to this point and just ran a hot hand of Luke King and ran a hot energy hand of uh, Kenny Wooten. It, they played good team basketball. And I think the fact that they played well against Virginia shows that this team with bull bull could have been something incredibly special. You, uh, you, you've got to, that's why I can't be mad at your season. Like nobody expected you to be here just historically. How many great players or, or star players for their team have been hurt before the tournament and their team still make a deep run? Like I, I honestly can't think of any off the top of my head. Like if you know, man, shoot us I a text in a better day text last line. Last year was a good example because Kansas State had again, I think two of their best players were hurt. Now they got they were an eight or nine seed. They got gifted UMBC after Virginia lost, so they won their eight nine game, beat UMBC, and then I think they won their next game as well. I think they got to the Elite Eight last year with two injured players. So, I mean, that's a recent example. So, but so there you go. Maybe but, not to the Bull Bull character. Yeah, but no, somebody that's projected to be an NBA star, you know, or projected to be something on the next level. And for them just not to be on the floor for you, and you still figure out a way to win the Pac-12 championship, you still figure out a way to make it to the Sweet 16, that's saying a lot. Dana Altman is a beast. And if you're the Oregon Ducks and, and, and you're a fan of the Ducks, man, be grateful that you have that guy because – I guarantee if another program, a big-name program, starts calling, 
you might lose that dude. So, man, make sure you take care of him well, at all costs. Be careful, though. Oregon I'm, is – And I'm knocking on wood as I say that. You or, know, Oregon is at this point getting to that, that spot where they could be considered a main-level program. Now, they're not a blue blood. So you're That's right. what I mean. If like North one of the Carolina blue bloods. comes calling, if Roy Williams retires, then yes, you have to be careful. I think every good school in the country is to that point. But I think Oregon, because of what they've done and what Jesse mentioned in the last segment, and remember they made the Final Four just four years ago at this point, right? Was it four? Maybe five at this point? Uh, they are a team who, with the recruiting that they've been doing, should be considered in that second tier of a great job in college basketball. Now, the conference they're in isn't very good right now in, in, in hoops, but that shouldn't take away from the job that Dana Altman's done and the players and the, the caliber of players that he's been able to get. I mean, remember, Bull Bull, one of the best players last year to be recruiting, and then Lou King, a five-star kid from New Jersey, chose Oregon. And that used to never happen, and now it's happening. So I think that's the second-tier kind of thing. It's going to be hard to pry Dan Altman away unless you're a Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. Syracuse? <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> he wouldn't go to Syracuse from Oregon, guaranteed. Why? Because it's not as good. It, it's it's a blue a, blood. It's not a blue blood. Syracuse for basketball? Not anymore. Come on, bro. We we now you're gonna now now it's not a blue blood in basketball. We haven't been good in a long time. <laughs> does it matter for blue bloods? I I mean it kind of does. Now there here's what you have to be worried about if you're Oregon. If Bill Self leaves or loses his job because of this Adidas thing, and Kansas comes calling, and remember Dana Altman, coach to Creighton, knows the Midwest well, that would be the one that I would be very worried about. Just a thought. But, uh, and someone texted in that I'm salty because Syracuse isn't alive. Syracuse sucked this year. They were they were barely going to win that game if their first game, if not the second one. It's fine. I'm not salty. I, and I was playing devil's advocate. I think the Ducks really 100% deserve the respect they're getting right now based on what they did. Yeah, I just wish you could have seen it with Bull Bull because it would have been, I think, something special. And we have a few texts here on the uh, Better You Today text line, man. Bull Bull will be a great, will be a great player in the NBA. Uh, look at their margin of victory during the win streak. They blew right? teams out, yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was it was they were they were super good, and they did that without a future NBA player. Like I'm not sure about those Kansas State guys and if they were going to the league or if they were projected to go to the league, but we know this guy is going to be drafted. Well, with the injury now, may not be in the lo- in the lottery, but he, <laughs> you know, he's going to go. You know, sometime this year, and because he's not going to be a lottery pick, he's going to go to a good team. Yeah, here's the thing about Bull is we haven't seen anyone really like him, so. He's so skinny that I don't know if he can play defense in the NBA. I think he's going to get bullied. He's got talent up the wazoo, but so does Myers Leonard. And Myers Leonard hasn't turned into much in the NBA. Myers Leonard's a seven-footer who can shoot and can play outside the basket. Now, he can't dribble. He can't play point guard. So that's a maybe not the best example. It's just the first thing that popped into my mind. It, I'm just curious. Maybe he'll be great. I don't I know. Think, I think but, about Embiid. You know, Embiid also was a – if you remember his body in college – wasn't a big he was guy. Not he was, no, he wasn't a small. small. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't a small, but he Bull was able was to get he was able to get bigger and he was able to really man, look at man, Giannis. You know, Giannis is somebody who was incredibly frail. But you gotta remember, man, Bull Bull is man, I forget exactly what tribe he's from, but he's he's, he's with his being African like that, you're not gonna be two hundred you know, he's not gonna be uh Giannis as far as his build and everything like that. So I saw a, a comparable to him might be Chris Stapps if he can put on some weight because Chris Stapps can which would be great by the way. That, there you go. Um because he can dribble and he can do more things than just be a big on the inside. That I mean if he reaches that kind of level then perfect. And blah blah is a, a wild success in the NBA. I just don't know. Kevin Garnett doesn't look like he was super 
strong. Yeah, yeah. He didn't look like he was super strong, just based on his body and that big, long, frail, you know, long arms, really frail. Man, KG is one of the strongest uh, power forwards they had. Garnett to bull. I mean, no, no, no. I'm just talking about as far as his weight and as no, far no, as know, you know, know. that that's up a body well, that's frame. What I'm saying. Yeah. As as far as his weight, bull is just a rail. He's just so tall he can't really put weight on. It's just that's what happens when you're that that tall. So I'm just curious if if that's going to be able to succeed based on his skill set because it is a very good skill set. Uh, and also, there's still concerns about his want to play hard because you didn't see him play more than nine games, so you couldn't refute that because that was the big thing coming out of high school that he just didn't try very hard mm-hmm. because he was just so good. So I'm curious if when he when he does go into the NBA, and he is declaring, by the way, he already has an agent, that if that will change or if it'll be an issue for him. Anyway, uh, so that was some tournament talk and some Ducks talk. We have had some really good games in the tournament, which I have enjoyed because we lost some of the Cinderella teams early. We've actually been able to enjoy top seeds playing each other in these last two rounds, which has made them a lot better, in my opinion. So watch today. You do have two games today. You got Michigan State Duke, which should be amazing, starting at a, at a two this afternoon, and Auburn Kentucky should be a good game too. Auburn's been playing very well, SEC ba- uh, battle right there. So uh, Auburn's a good team. I'm sure Chuck is somewhere loving it. That to me is uh, well, he'll be in the studio loving it. <laughs> That's where he'll be. Um, uh, those two games should be good again today. So keep an eye on those, and uh, hopefully your Final Four mostly intact. I have two teams potential who can get in the Final Four now. So mine's not doing super great. We'll see. All right, coming up next, let's do Rashad says he's really sick of one thing right now in sports media. And it's not going away anytime soon, so buckle up tight. But why are you so sick of it? And we'll tell you what it is next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Walked in today to the studio and asked Rashad, hey, what do you want to talk about outside of the obvious stuff? And he goes, man, I'm just so sick of blank. What is blank? Uh... Well, blank is a lot of stuff, but okay, for the sake is, of today's show, the sake of today. <laughs> uh, this NFL draft coverage. Just this one or in general? Just all, just in general. Like, I'm I'm really over it. Like, I understand the this is the NFL's way to stay relevant even outside of the season. You know, let's talk about where they're going to go and what's going to happen. Now that all the trade stuff and most of the free agency is over, you know, I think that's where things kind of, you know, calm down for the season. Now it's just, man, where's Baker mate? Where's, where's, uh, what's, what's uh, Kyler Murray going to go? And he's going to, is it going to be Arizona? I heard he's going to be trade. Like, uh, let's just get to the draft. Like, why can't we do it like a week after the combine? Like you have the combine, let the dudes have their pro day, man. Next week, here's the draft. Like, why do we have to draw this out? And it's not going to happen until April. Yeah. When is it? April. April uh, you know when? I don't know the exact date, but when's the last time you watched the draft? I watched the first round because it's on when we're here at work and I have to play all okay. the uh, Jesse, when's the last time you watched the draft? Don't ask Jesse. Oh, that's a stupid question. Jesus. Last year. I, I if I can't watch it, I listen to it. Yeah. 
Uh, April 25th, by the way, is the well, first. I'm day one of the. Okay, April. So we have a whole nother, you know, month of this pretty much, of listening to where Kyler Murray's gonna go and how big his hands are and is he really six feet or I think he's closer to five eleven or five. Yeah, like, I I will <sighs> say I do agree with you on this point. Um, generally, the 24 hour news cycle has ruined some of these events for me too, because you need to have stuff to talk about. And because most people care about the NFL more than any other sport, it is the one that gets the most clicks and the one that gets the most views, then it gets shoved down our throats hundred percent. And I agree. It's just, it's so long of a period. If it was like two weeks of hard hitting NFL draft coverage before the draft and you went deep dive on everything and it was just that, I think it'd be manageable for a lot of people. But how many times do you need to hear the reports that it's a smokescreen from the Cardinals because they, they're they talking about trading Josh Rosener. They're not talking about trading Josh Rosener. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, he said he was going to – he would trade or draft him when he was at USC, and now he's at Arizona with the number one pick. Is he going to draft him? Over and over and over and over and over and over. It's, it is very, very tough to watch sometimes. I am – I'm at a point, and maybe this is – just because I'm getting older or maybe it's because I work in the industry, but I'm at a point where I just miss the purity of turning on sports center at 7 PM and watching highlights and getting a little analysis and then reading what I choose to read elsewhere I like would, on, on ESPN or hell in sports illustrated. The I would whether rather watch uh, Kevin Costner in draft day four times before I, you know, in a day before I watch any draft coverage, like I would much rather watch them draft uh black panther over and over again before i watched the draft like it's 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 incredibly frustrating you know and then there's five minutes between each one like i know that's the part of the process and that's just how drafts Gotta have work the breakdown like, of the picks man. i get it like omg like you don't know seriously if you're one of the first couple you know first couple teams drafting you don't know who you're taking at this point like i understand like okay this guy's not there we're gonna take him like Man, we we do do we really need the whole five minutes or whole seven minutes? What's it five minutes still? Oh, what is it now? Five to seven. Yeah, I think it's five. Or doesn't one. matter. I think it might be like turn on, on Kevin first. Costner on draft day. Let, let me watch that because the NFL draft is and the NBA draft. I feel there's no there's no big you know we're gonna follow these guys for three months and find out what their dog's name is. There's none of that stuff for the NBA draft. So it's easier to just kind of turn on and watch. Oh, where is he gonna go? Like there's no. We're not look. We're not breaking down the mock drafts and everything unless you're the unless you're the first, second, third pick. We kind of know where you're gonna go, like a LeBron, Carmelo, Darko type of situation. But for the most part, there's no, there, we we don't get to see the the combine for these guys. We don't get to see all those things. Which I don't know if it's a I good mean, or bad it, thing. It I think it's a TV. good thing. It is on TV. It's just not. That, yeah, exactly. No, it's just way. not. It's on NBA TV. So the combine is on ESPN. You know, and it's on NFL Network as well. But if you, unless you have, do you have NBA TV at home? I do. No, I do. Well, of course you do. You know, you're, you, I guarantee you have all the packages with all the movies, all the the uh, Latino channels. I guarantee you have it all. I, I have a large. There you go. Package. Yeah. He's yes. got a large He's package. Got, yes. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I just at this point, I'm just kind of over the draft. It's been a long time since I've watched it, and when it's on, I always find myself just putting the TV on mute or just turning the channel. I, I think the toughest thing with the NFL draft. And this is, I'm talking as a, not personally, but for people who are casual consumers of sports media, 
not the Jesses of the world who dive in and want to know all the details. The the main coverage focuses on like five guys, right? It's the quarterbacks. Almost universally, it's the quarterbacks. And then occasionally there's a really good pass rusher. Uh, Nick Bosa would be the one this year. Occasionally there's a really good wide out um, or hell even a running back sometimes that gets some focus. But generally it's on those quarterbacks, right? Because it's the position people who are casual viewers are most interested in. And that's the problem is, I mean, this year, what, there's one or two maybe quarterbacks who are worthy of top 10 picks. And the rest of the guys are defenders and linemen and guys that we don't spend a whole lot of time watching when you're watching college right. football. But what I'm saying is we don't even know those guys when they get drafted because the coverage for the, by the way, four months between the end of the college football season and the draft, two months between the end of the NBA season and in the draft uh, or the college basketball season in the draft, I should say. It, you don't really hear about them much unless you personally dive in and read all these websites and read all these instant analysis and stuff like that of all these players. So all you're doing is hearing the same stuff over and over, over and over again. So I get it. I get why you're sick of it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a little, you know, a little overkill, you know, just a little bit, a bit of a buzzkill sometimes. So uh, I wish there was just some different way they can do it and everything, but I I understand why this is a great way for them to – you know, we have a, a text here on the Better You Today text line. It's ridiculous. It's just a way for them to stay stay relevant, you know, for the next few months. All, like, people are going to stop talking about football. I think there's still a bunch you can talk about football just without actually talking the draft. And I understand talking the draft at some points. But like you said, let me find out about other players. Let me find out about guys that aren't quarterbacks. And I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of. But he, it's, it's so the, like, whole, the whole thing has just become a circus, and I'm just kind of like, man, you know what? From from the combine to the draft, everything is stuff that I could really – the combine is the slave auction. I don't care what nobody says. It's exactly what they used to do then. Like, how fast do you run? How big is this buck? How do they, That's exactly what they're essentially doing at the combine, to put them in the tiniest of tiny underwear and tell them that go out there and run a 40 and do the, do the, the bench press and make sure you can get a high vertical. Man, no thank you. The – I would say, though, even if they did focus on all the other players for the four months that you listen, it would still be overkill, right? You would, you would be, you'd appreciate it more because it wasn't the same all the time, but you'd also be like, okay, I get it. The draft's coming. What more can you tell me? This player, I watched him play at Alabama. I saw him play a couple of games. I know he's going to be good in the NFL. Let's go. Come on. Chop, chop. Let's get to the NFL draft. Let's stop talking about this. I mean, this is kind of... This this is why I say personally I long for the days of the old sports center for you watch, where you watch for an hour because the NFL takes up so much of the analysis coverage in sports center and those kind of shows now across all channels it's not just ESPN Fox is particularly bad at this too where it's just talk about some other sports right it doesn't have to be a lot I understand people do turn away if you talk about hockey or you talk about baseball but give you give us a little bit right change it up it's not the so it's not the same all the time. Mm-hmm. I think the the fact that it's the same all the time hurts us more than if they played ten minutes of baseball highlights, along with thirty minutes of NFL stuff instead yeah. of forty minutes of NFL and two minutes of baseball highlights. And, and, and for the drafts, like you can't talk about it's the couple days of the week. I understand it's like okay, it's our Wednesday draft coverage, or it's, we're talking about the draft on Friday. A couple guys have had their pro day. Let's you know I can understand that, but it just kind of seems like. 
you know, they're, they're trying to stuff it down our throats and they're just giving us the, it's like having the same food stuffed down your throat every single day. And so I just, I guarantee if we hear anything about the draft today, it, the first thing is going to be about Kyler Murray. Guaranteed. Probably. Or Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, what, guaranteed. So I don't know, just overkill to me. And so that's why I'm, I'm over the draft. Yeah, I do think I'm getting to a point where I think the oversaturation of NFL on, on sports TV is hard for me too, but I do love the NFL so I can still deal with it and, and stomach it. I can still stomach it being shoved down my throat. I'm eating it every day and I, I'm, you know, I can still deal with it. I'm not throwing it up back yet or back up quite yet. I have so many jokes I was going to say right there, but you know what? Let's let's take a break. Let's take a break. We already made a package joke at my expense. So (laughs) maybe not my expense. Anyway, we move on. Next hour, hate it or love it at 1030. Also, we'll talk some Blazers, Sons, Yusuf Nurkic, as uh, that injury happened on Monday. So we haven't had a chance to digest what that means for the team quite yet. And some more all to come here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.